All right, we're live. All right, everybody, welcome back to another segment of Army Anonymous. If you're new to Talk with Army, I am your co-host, Delilah. And I'm your co-host, Daisy. And Army Anonymous is the segment where we answer your guys' concerns about fandom climate or just, you know, anything pertaining to BTS. So, um, this is, uh, I think we got how many submissions um, this time around? Uh, We're doing 58 submissions this time. 58. It, It feels like it keeps growing every time and... Part of me is terrified, but it's mainly excitement. <laughs> right. We all love to see you guys' queries, and uh, I like how it changes every time you know we do these episodes. So it's loads of fun to go through them and see what the fandom is worried about this time. So let's start off with the first submission. So the first submission says, what are your thoughts on not trending hashtags celebrating BTS when something happens in the US? And this is from UAE. Um, When I think about this, um, something that automatically comes to mind is how um, there was that whole thing last year in 2020 when uh, Kobe Bryant passed away and you know, out of respect, armies didn't trend anything regarding BTS um, in terms of like the Grammys because they were at the Grammys um, on that day. And so armies didn't trend anything out of respect. And even though it was received quite well at the same time, like hashtags for every other artist trended that day as well. So then after that whole thing, people were really questioning, is there a necessity to not trend stuff when something else in the world is going on because I've seen people bring up the argument that this type of stuff only happens when it comes to issues in the U.S. So it made me wonder whether this type of mindset was a lot more Eurocentric, not Eurocentric, ethnocentric than we think it is. It's, It's definitely difficult because like part of me is like, yeah, we should try and be respectful, but like also at the same time, there's just so many issues going on in the world or so many um, just events that it becomes really hard to decide which ones are the ones worth having a moment of silence for, you know? For example, when Chadwick passed away, which, by the way, I honestly still can't believe like i honestly forget sometimes that he's no longer with us but when chadwick passed away a lot of people were upset at um people trending other things at that time but chadwick i mean isn't that much of a global icon like marvel is big in a lot of other countries outside the u.s so, of course, you know, people are aware of Black Panther, but I feel like, um, like, only the U.S. would really trend a hashtag for him as he, you know, as that's who he's mainly famous in. And so, is it right to tell people in other countries you should mourn this actor from our country? Like, do you, it just, it, I don't know, like, it's a very messy, it. I don't know. It's very, it's uncomfortable. That's the way I'm going to put it because I don't really have a right or wrong answer for it. 
Yes, really nuanced conversation because like you said, a lot of times it is incidents that happen in America that people ask not to trend something. So then I can see how it can give people in other countries the wrong impression because suddenly they're like, oh, well, we have to halt everything that we're doing to mourn somebody who we may not even know that comes from your country. But what about the issues in our country? How come nobody's halting trending hashtags when something in our country happens? And so it really does, you know, beg the question, like, like the question begs asking, like, when is it a good time to not trend something? And honestly, at this point, I'm kind of more on the... I guess more towards the side of people can do whatever they want. Honestly, it is so incredibly unrealistic to expect the entire of Twitter to stop for one particular event that not everybody is informed about. Obviously, you know, there are a lot of people who have um, really impacted our world as we know it, have really impacted pop culture on a global scale. But there will always be people who don't know them, who aren't aware of the issue. And for us to force them to stop tweeting or to stop using hashtags for something that they might not even care about, I, I feel like it's kind of stupid in my opinion. I just, I, I realized that like, even though there are good intentions with not trending something, you can choose not to like trend something, but I don't feel like people should be policing other people who are not on the side of not trending something. You see what I'm saying? Also, there's, I, there's so many events that are part of bigger movements that shouldn't be treated like a hashtag, like, oh, you need to stop what you're doing and be talking about this, but a lot of things are ongoing issues that are not going to disappear in a few days, in a few weeks. They're going to be around for years and years. Um, so, like, for example, like, Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, people always judge your activism based on how much you're tweeting about it, how much you're posting about it, as if, but, like, you can't tweet about it and post about it every second of your life because... That's just unrealistic. So I really think it's starting to get just like really performative when people are like, oh, we need to, you know, not tweet anything except, you know, this issue that's happening right now or to celebrate this person's death and whatnot. Because it's just we because we will never have equal energy for other people and celebrities in their countries. We're not going to have. Um, you know, equal time and opportunity for, you know, every social movement just because it's literally impossible. Like, we just don't have the time, the resources, the energy to, you know, be, dedicate our lives to being an activist on Twitter. Like, that's just unrealistic. Right. Unless your platform is specifically for activism, it's incredibly unrealistic to expect people to just either trend something uh, or not trend something or to talk about something or to not talk about something. Um, because especially like you said, with Black Lives Matter, that's the place where I see it occur the most, where people do judge how much you care about the issue based off of what you're tweeting, what you're not tweeting. And I do feel like it can come off as really performative um, because like you said, it's an ongoing issue. Black Lives Matter at all points of all points of the year. And on top of that, there's always issues with racism that go on 
at all points of the year, whether it's talked about online or not. So, you know, if people, there are people who are like, oh, um, like if something happens and people are like, oh, you need to stop tweeting about X, Y, Z and tweet about this, you can talk about that post later. And it's like, so are you saying that in a few weeks, suddenly Black Lives Matter is going to be irrelevant. And then now you can talk about whatever you wanted to talk about like three weeks ago. It's like people are starting to treat things as a trend. And I feel like there are perfectly good ways to be an activist or perfectly good ways to mourn somebody without having to make it seem like it's a trend or a contest to tweet about something or to not tweet about something. It's just, it's just, there's just so much discussion around this topic. I feel like it could be an episode on its own, but yeah, that's basically our thoughts on it. Um, so the next ask says, oh, excuse me, <laughs> it says, I don't know what we can do with it, but many armies start their journey on YouTube and only then come to Twitter. YouTube is filled with introduction videos with narratives that don't represent BTS of justice or need updating, that have extreme shipping analysis, the enforcement of the narrative of you should choose a bias, even though there's nothing wrong with having a bias, it creates a ground for solos to build on. And of course, false information and clickbait videos. I'm not a YouTuber, but if someone here on Twitter has a YouTube channel, maybe trying to do a collective effort to change the YouTube army environment would help from Israel. Um, we just talked about this in a previous recording. Um, Although technically it's not going to be out for a while. Because it's, it's... Yeah, it's not going to be out. Um, it's not going to be out for like uh, another two or four weeks. But we... Uh, kind of gave a small call out to Squishy Min Yoongi, um, who made BTS introduction videos, and they're not completely terrible, but they do, we do feel like they are outdated, they have a little bit of misinformation, and just aren't doing a good job of really introducing BTS, um... And so, like, we definitely go in-depth about that in uh, that episode, which uh, stay tuned for. But, yeah, I definitely um, agree that there's definitely, there needs to be a shift in the culture on ARMY YouTube. Or YouTube ARMY. I, I, I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because you're also talking about it in one of uh, our later episodes that's going to be released in a couple of weeks, how, you know, when it comes to things like introduction videos, a lot of them are kind of like memed format where it's kind of meant to be like funny and a way to like lightheartedly introduce people to the members and like a little bit of like their character traits and stuff. And while I do think that's cool and all, at the same time, if I was to introduce somebody who was like a complete non-fan of BTS or maybe even a non-fan of like K-pop in general, the first thing I would be going for is their music. I feel like while it is important to know BTS and their personalities, their team dynamic, the music has to come first because like, I don't know what else you would need to introduce, like, to to a non-fan when it comes to a music group. Like, they are a music group. So, naturally, music should be first priority if you're going to be doing an introduction video. And we were talking about it again in this episode. <laughs> and it's so trippy because these episodes are, like, released out of order. So, technically, this is our second time talking about it. But it's going to be released like it's our first. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, um, I did also shout out um, this YouTube channel that's doing an amazing job of making this docu-series style videos 
called The Rise of Bangtan, and um, you can find them on YouTube. In fact, I'll probably link them after this episode is posted under um, the podcast links, but they um, it's like an ongoing series. It's in multiple chapters. They're currently um, on chapter nine. They're going to release chapter 10 soon. And it documents um, BTS's journey from pre-debut till present day. And honestly, from what I've watched so far, it is absolutely amazing. And oh my gosh, like if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. And if you know somebody who wants to be introduced to BTS, you need to show it to them because like that's probably like the most top tier introduction videos I can think of at the moment. Because everything else seems to be outdated. I'm glad that they took this approach, The Rise of Bangtan. I'm glad they took this approach because it's simply just documenting them year by year to a point where none of it is outdated because it's simply just co- like collecting uh, information from that time and that can never really be outdated, you know? So I feel like their videos are going to age pretty well. Yeah, especially because, um, you know, if you want to know what were BTS doing in 2014... Boom, there's a time capsule right there. Um, so, like, I definitely agree to check out that channel. Right. So, next submission. They say, I'm a second-year psychology student. I want to do research paper as part of my curriculum, and I want to have armies as my subject group, but I'm not sure if that's all right. It's simple research, but I'm afraid. I'm not sure if it's all right to ask here. Thank you anyway. And this is from India. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, that's a great topic. Um, in fact, this don't think it's you know weird to want to use armies as a subject because there are plenty of people doing research topics on similar things in fact daisy and i um we've been interviewed for someone's research project uh dealing with armies and bts i was um just a few weeks ago i was also interviewed for um by another k-pop stan who was doing research on you know stan twitter culture um for them so like there's so much research um people are doing about um you know armies and just stan culture which you know i think is relevant and i think it is worth looking into it's it's such an interesting phenomenon that has i mean it's always existed if you look back at fandom culture going back to looking at you know from the beatles to now if you compare that um even non-musically if you look at you know star trek doctor who all of these fandoms that have been around for decades and so it's definitely something that has exploded with the help of the internet You know, in a realm of digital media, it's, you know, only expanded. So I definitely think that it's a great research topic um, and you shouldn't be afraid to reach out and ask people to be subjects for your research topic. Um, In fact, if you want to send us a DM, we'll be subjects for your research topic. It's no problem. Right. I think, you know, being able to study armies, especially because both BTS and armies are such a phenomenon, you know, I think it's amazing that you can be able to take something that you're interested in, that you're invested in, and apply it to, you know, different types of research principles, different types of, like, uh, you know, research methods. I think that that's definitely a great idea to not only 
um, get some research done, but also do it on something that you're truly interested in. So feel free, do whatever you want. Like, I promise you there, you know, there'll be plenty of armies who will be interested and in engaging with whatever research you're doing. So um, good luck with that. Okay, the next ask says, in recent months, there's been an increasing number of comments about BTS members paying any sort of attention to women that started as jokes but are getting a little weird now. And this is from the UK. See, I've seen um, jokes where, like, people obviously, like, pretend that they're, I don't know why, but for some reason, like, the entire of ARMY Twitter has deluded themselves into believing that they're married to Namjoon and honestly, understandable. <laughs> so, like, I'll see jokes like, oh my gosh, like, Namjoon, uh, like, I don't know, Namjoon posted a selfie for me or something like that, and it's funny. Um, I haven't seen any of them really cross the line yet, but again, that's just my side of Twitter. This person probably has a different timeline to me. So in terms of like people who are crossing the line with like BTS paying attention to women, um, yeah, don't do that. Obviously, like even though it's, you know, not really common, you really see BTS hang out with girls because obviously like I guess a lot of companies try to make I guess they I guess they have some sort of thing where they don't want too many interactions with people of the opposite sex because they don't want any like rumors flying about. That's probably why. I, I don't know. But, I think um, it's uh, just that cuz if you think about it, BTS aren't seen with many friends gender neutral, just friends. <laughs> period. Um Oh yeah, that's true. Like uh it there was a the whole controversy over on the K side of the fandom when people took one of Suran's Instagram posts and were like, oh my god, Yoongi and her are dating. And I'm like, we're not gonna- Oh my god, I remember <laughs> I that. I can't believe- B Yeah, if you are not aware, BTS's first dating scandal <laughs> was Yoongi and Suran, and both of them were like, uh, no, that's not a thing. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that, um- it can be a little bit weird to obsess over BTS's close interactions with women, especially because, um, I don't know, it's just very weird because usually it's the assumption that, uh, they're, oh my gosh, I'm saying, um, a lot, I'm sorry, I'm trying to fix it, guys. So there's a lot of assumptions that, oh, they're attracted to them, or maybe there's something romantic involved, and there's a lot of issues with that. First of all, uh, why can't women just be friends? Like, it's right. it's just so weird that when men and women interact, it always they can't just be platonically involved. Uh, and then second of all, just uh, heteronormativity. You know, right? Gotta throw that in there uh, for my fellow L LGBTs. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, just don't be a weirdo. Yeah, that just sums don't it be up. weirdo. <laughs> if BTS are hanging out with women, then you mind your business and you move on. That is it. <laughs> exactly. Don't need to write a whole thesis. <laughs> right. So next submission, they say, I've been um I've been through the thought that every successful in quotation marks person has to have done a great amount of hard work, have strong determination and uniqueness, but also just have the tiniest bit of luck, like being seen at the right time, pushing at the right thing at the right time, etc. And I also thought so about BTS, but these days I'd like to have a second opinion on this. And this is from Nepal. Agreed. Honestly, 
I agreed, yeah, because BTS, even though there are so many factors as to why they have made it, and obviously a lot of it has to do with their hard work and dedication as individuals, um, there obviously is always going to be that factor of luck and correct timing. Um, the question is how much of a percentage that is, because obviously depending on the circumstances, the amount of luck that goes into these things will obviously change. For BCS, um, not much room is left for luck because of just how high quality their music is. And obviously just the fact that they're good people. A lot of that is why they're so universally relatable and why they're so popular now despite the fact that they're not the only people to write their own music. They're not the only people to be experimental with genres and stuff. Um, but I will say that they just had a good opening. Obviously, a lot of people don't like to equate their um, success to, you know, big groups like One Direction taking an indefinite hiatus. And I do agree. Um, I just think that that is just like a tiny, tiny sliver of a factor as to them making Yeah, there's just a lot of uh because i mean you we can't just say it's all of it due to hard work because i mean lots of people are hard working and don't get successful right. so there's always going to be a little bit of other factors mixed in and it's really just how much of luck is involved like you said and i definitely think there has to be a little bit of luck and right timing like for example bts released their discography as is let's say back in the year 2000 okay let me just pick a random year 2000 i mean korea was really was not first of all k-pop wasn't had literally just been created right so would they have been a global phenomenon Probably not. Would they have maybe been a, you know, a Korean phenomenon within their country? Maybe. It depends. Because, you know, like we said, K-pop wasn't really a thing. So, like, if BTS were to come together, it wouldn't have been through the idol system because the idol system wasn't a thing yet so it's like what what there's just all these factors that come together also the and use then, of, of course, social media because obviously mm -hmm. like like you said if you pick the year 2000 youtube was created in 2005 and a lot of the appeal of bts came from the fact that we were able to get to know them through things like their video logs and then being able to share what they were doing during their training days yeah like, without youtube that whole thing would be gone and you know a big big part of us being able to know them as people would not be there also uh translations you know a lot of reason why people love bts is their lyrics and the reason we you know resonate with their lyrics is because we have fan translator fan translators online that are always translating their songs for us and we wouldn't have that um maybe back in like 2009 for example right. so it's just yes it is a little bit of timing yes it is a bit of luck um but it's definitely that hard work determination and uniqueness and then per this is my personal opinion but honestly the i feel like bts are just divinely protected the universe loves bts okay Period. and there's just like i really wish i could just describe how many weird coincidences and how there's just so many incidents in bts's career that feels like divine intervention so 
Yeah, BTS is truly a phenomenon. I'll say that. <laughs> right. Like, there's something about them. I don't know. The universe just happened to align a certain way. Because there have just been so many things that, like, I just don't think are coincidences anymore. Especially, like, like with the number seven. I don't know. The amount of coincidences. It's getting weird. It's getting very weird. And I'm honestly becoming very afraid. But you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna deal with it. We're just gonna roll with the punches because this is what this is whatever energy is out there is protecting BTS. So that's that's all I need. That's honestly all I need. You know, like the number seven is like a cosmic number two. See, see how they're just because there's like because there's seven colors of the rainbow. There's seven seas. There's um. There's um. What was I gonna say? There's seven um world wonders like the number seven is found historically and culturally everywhere so um seven is a lucky number for lottery for a lottery like number seven everywhere bts are god's favorite children pass it on exactly okay (laughs) um next ask so they say I'm concerned about certain K companies infiltrating our spaces and taking advantage of us while cosplaying as armies from Canada. Hmm, that's interesting, especially because, you know, we don't really... I remember seeing a few months back, uh, K armies were trying to tell us that, hey, there's people that are trying to cause disruption within the fandom and cause tension between international fans and Korean fans and to, like, be wary of that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, I'm, so I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know, Lee Suman has <laughs> some minions in a basement uh, in the corner acting as Twitter user account 0311 created December 2020. <laughs> every single time something fishy happens it just has to be lee suman's fault that's just the default now like for sure i would definitely like literally you telling me that he probably has minions in the basement cosplaying as uh 2021 accounts to cause havoc i would believe it i would honestly believe it yeah everything is first thing firstly everything was supreme boy's fault Mm-hmm. Then it was Lee Suman's fault, and it still is. Uh, now everything is Scooter Braun's fault. So, like, we keep <laughs> evolving. But, you know, you know, it's a coincidence. See how all these names have S's? Supreme Boy, Lee Suman, Scooter Braun. It's it's something to do with the S, I bet. I, I, I want to watch the next person. It's going to have an S in their name. Just if wait for it. the next person it. has an S in their name, oh, my gosh, you would have called it. S for snake. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, well, we don't have to move on, but like, would it? But like, this is definitely something to think about. Um, you know, we are very wary about what's happening internationally, but on the Korean side, it's just so much harder to get a grasp of what goes on. Yeah, and that's probably why it's so easy for them to cosplay because, like. Obviously, K armies are our bridge between, you know, BTS and the company to us. So, you know, a lot of people could take advantage of that and cosplay as K armies. 
and spread false information or other things and treat it as fact. And because unfortunately, there are that handful of armies who do treat K armies as a monolith. So even if it's like totally false information, if it's in Korean, people will automatically think it's a K army. And if it's a K army, then obviously whatever they say just has to be treated as fact. And I think that's definitely like a whole other issue on its own, but that's what contributes to this type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like the whole uh, K-Army versus I-Army, um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Discourse, the whole I-Army versus K-Army discourse is definitely a whole nother topic, but just keep in mind, K-Armies are not a monolith. Um, K-Diamonds, if you're listening to this, hello. Um, <laughs> keep, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> you nice. Keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, so the next ask says, I sometimes feel I'm not deserving of being called ARMY. A fan maybe. ARMY not sure. From Spain. Um, there's maybe a few things. This could be uh, why they feel that way. Either It's either it's two things and there's a lot of things that make up those two things but first the two things is either a they're just like disconnected from fandom culture they're just disconnected from you know other fans and so because they don't feel like they are a part of i guess you could say the movement or the club that is army it feels weird to call yourself that and then the other thing is Sorry, I have hiccups. <laughs> um, the other thing is that maybe they are feeling disconnected from BTS and they feel less of a stan and more of just like a casual fan. Like they still listen to their music, check out their songs, but they're not feeling as dedicated anymore. So because of that, they, you know, feel that the army name tag is you know, not, not, uh, accurately reflecting who they are currently as a fan. So it's one of those two things. What do you think? Um, you know, going off of the two things that you said, I think my advice to them would be, um, I mean, if that label is pressuring them because they feel like they're not engaging enough with the fandom, um, I will say that they don't need to engage with the rest of armies on social media to be classified as an army because obviously engaging with the fandom isn't one of the criteria for being an army. However, if the issue is with them just being detached from BTS's music in general and they feel like maybe they're not as dedicated as other people are in supporting their music and following them like with their comebacks and everything, then maybe I could say, okay, yeah, maybe they could be a casual fan. But like, if it's just that, like, if it's just like a fandom issue, like they feel like they're not participating enough, then please don't feel pressured. You do not have to like be constantly engaging with other armies to be an army yourself. I feel like you can listen to BTS's music and you can watch their content um, completely independent of like engaging with the fandom like you do not have to be like on twitter or on instagram or whatever to be considered as an army so if it's that don't worry about it you can still be an army if you're not engaging with the fandom but if it's with the music then okay you can call yourself a casual fan like 
it like you don't have to make yourself feel pressured by the label if you feel like you're not ready to you know decide that you're an army just yet all right next one the next submission says i don't think enlistment should be such a taboo topic to talk about don't get me wrong i don't think international army should be discussing anything about how worthy um bts are to get a for uh to get a further postponement or a full exemption I'm just talking about the existence of the mandatory military service itself. When the time comes, I don't want to see any baby armies have the rug pulled out from under them because the news gets dumped on them without any mental preparation time. And I certainly don't want any sheep me sending trucks to big hit for quote unquote, sending the boys to war or whatever BS they could get fed by Delulu's. I think it should be okay uh, to think out loud every now and again about possibilities on how BTS might bridge the time until they're back in full force again without getting swarmed for bringing neg- negativity to the timeline. Just to generally allow people to mentally get ready, especially those who heavily rely on new and constant BTS content to get through the day and get rid of that irrational fear people seem to have of it here, especially from the countries that don't have a mandatory military service. So misconceptions can be cleared up. Thanks to the new regulations, we got some more time for that. So it's not that urgent. But I think we should start with removing that taboo sooner than later. And that's from Germany. I fully agree. Whoever this person was, uh, yes. whoever this person was, you snapped. Because, like, I do not understand when... Because I would see posts sometimes. I would literally see tweets. And it would be, like, trigger warning, enlistment. Why does that need to be a trigger word? Like, trigger warning? Why, why does the thought of BTS enlisting, you know triggers such a visceral response i don't understand um so i actually gave this idea to daisy earlier um but maybe when enlistment does get announced we'll do an episode on like how to cope with it because trust me sometimes you can be prepared and sometimes you won't be like there are some idols where like they'll randomly enlist um and like not tell anyone until the day of enlistment like it'll, there will just be a news article on Naver that will say so and so member has enlisted today and then like that's the only warning you get that's um, wild yeah it happens so a lot um Taman from Shiny he just announced on his Instagram live stream this week that he's going to be uh enlisting end of may uh which is which is going to be very emotional for him because he he's the youngest in shiny but he debuted in shiny very young so he's been like over like over 12 years uh in the industry uh so like you know shiny and dancing and music is kind of all he knows so he's going to be enlisting finally and that's gonna be a crazy experience for shawls for sure but see the difference is that he uh at least gave fans a warning on his instagram live like hey you have like a month or so to do this some people will have um it'll be a though maybe it'll be more months in between they'll be like oh in like three or four months they're going to enlist on this date and then some people i kid you not i think like members of exo have done this i'll have to look it up um but there's definitely been members that are like oh okay by the way so and so has enlisted see them in one and a half years uh so 
Yeah, it's it's kind of stressful. Um, where was like what was the point of me saying this? The you were point saying- is <laughs> is like you can't be one hundred percent prepared. You're never gonna be one hundred percent prepared, and you're gonna be even less prepared if you refuse to talk about it. So like. Pretending that it doesn't exist is not going to change the fact that it's still there. Right. I fully agree with that because people are really treating it as it's something to be afraid of, something to worry about when it's not. It's natural. And it happens with every male K-pop idol. Eventually, all of them have to enlist. There are no exceptions except for the very, very few select um, handful of people who have gotten exemptions. But again, we know that's not BTS. BTS have said out of their own mouths, we are going to enlist. So a lot of people who are saying, oh my gosh, like we don't know the future. Yes, you do. Stop pretending like you don't know. At some point in time, they're going to go and enlist and we have to be mentally prepared for that. And I feel like people treating it as this really touchy subject and continuously walking on eggshells isn't helping. And in fact, it's going to make people's anxiety even worse, especially like this person said, for people who do have to rely on BTS's content to get through the day when that suddenly stops. Like, what are they what are these people going to do when they've had no warning? Yeah, you guys it's it's understandable like i'm gonna be a mess when bts enlist but i i highly doubt it's not like big hit doesn't have you know content that can still be released i know that there is a you know safe in big hit's basement and in that safe is a flash drive to all the unreleased bangtan bombs (laughs) that (laughs) have still not been uploaded uh so i I definitely think, you you know, we're not going to be contentless. And also, not every idol completely disappears for, like, one and a half years. Um, For example, um, if you follow me, you know, I'm a fan of Card. Jaycef from Card is enlisted right now. I see him posting on Instagram, liking the members' pictures, commenting on their Instagram posts. Like, being in the military... When they enlist does not mean they're completely, you know, cut away from their fans and society for two years. In fact, I highly doubt um, Yoongi is going to be in, like, an actual, uh, I don't know what the actual name of it, but, like, soldier position. He's probably going to get civil service. Right. Because of his shoulder injury, which means that while you're crying over not getting a yungi selfie he's really just down the street at the itawan crosswalk directing traffic <laughs> i'm telling you people are there they're thinking that like bts are on the front lines in the trenches literally going to war a war that isn't really happening by the way north korea and south korea have been at a stalemate for decades so i don't know what people imagine bts are going to be doing like yeah they're technically at war but it's really just a bunch of training stuff um, unless they are, which they're probably not going to be, are, like, the most dangerous stuff is what happens along the border of North and South Korea, and they're not going to send, um, your idols there. <laughs> right. Especially BTS, it's like, why would you send, like, 4% of your GDP to the border like that? Trust me, um, I just read that when Taemin enlists, he's going to be part of the military's idol musical ensemble. 
so, that is so yeah, cute. he, yeah, exactly. So, guys, if you um, are freaking out about enlistment, understand that like a lot of people are trying to make it seem so much worse than it is. Uh, it's definitely going to be tough and it's going to suck, but it's not going to be like this contentless void forever right it goes by so quick a lot of people think that like they're just going to be dropped directly into cold water and that's not true um you know it's the same thing with like their vacation people thought that bts was going to be like off grid for like the full month but like literally the next day jimin was on v live like hey guys what's up like i'm not saying that like i'm not saying to expect v lives from them while they're enlisted but like definitely not but at the same time like don't expect like absolutely nothing they're probably going to be communicating in some way shape or form like they still have their phones guys also, uh, neighbor articles will probably be written about what they're doing because it happens with other idols. Like, just look up, I don't know, just randomly look up other idols and details of their enlistment and you'll see that, um, they're still being talked about, that, uh, they're still, you know, they're, fans know what they're doing and what they're up to, so... Try try and relax. Be more open-minded to enlistment. Um. Yeah, that pretty much finishes the general section. So we're going to move on to everybody's favorite section, <laughs> solos and mantis, because this section is always long for, like, it doesn't matter what episode it is. This, this section is always long. So let's get into it. This submission says... I am a pre-debut army. I've seen our ups and downs, but we are definitely in a down right now. There's a rise in baby armies. At the same time, there's a rise in solo fans and drama-seeking fans. They spread hate to other fandoms, are rude, and spread wrong info targeted at the baby armies in the hopes of causing them to get angry and victimize BTS for such things as wrong treatment of the company, issues with the members, or purposefully tweeting anti's tweets instead of reporting. Many are attacking big accounts that are our trusted translation accounts, as well as then trying to spread their own translations from Papago, which are usually very wrong and um, not the real meaning. We need to figure out a way to have some order in the fandom. We've always had a standard of etiquette, but right now it seems very chaotic and oftentimes angry or hateful. It's not fun to be on Twitter these days. I'm not sure how, but we need to help baby armies learn from the right people before they run into the solos and fake fans. Perhaps have more accounts with helpful guides and a rundown on our fan culture on places like Weverse and Amino. A lot of new armies seem to migrate from there to Twitter. This way, there is less hate and drama. More fans are educated on how we do streaming, who to block, what not to do, and etc. And this is from the U.S., um, I agree. Oh my gosh. First of all, salute to you for being a pre-debut army. What the heck? Yeah, you you are a real trooper. Uh, pun not intended. But, <laughs> like, uh, people have been here since pre-debut. I can't even imagine, you know, what it's felt to see BTS rise to the level they are at. Right, because, like, people call us veteran armies, even though, like, you're from 2015 and I'm from 2016. We- I don't feel like a ve- I don't feel like a veteran army but then like I'll see people be like oh when did a uh, twitter poll it'll be like when did you join the bts fandom or like what number comeback is this for you and I have to click the six plus option yeah same and then people look at us and they're like oh my gosh like you guys are veteran armies but I'm like we do not see ourselves as veteran armies at all so like imagine like if we're veteran armies like what are pre-debut armies like 
they've come back from war with fossils living fossils literally they've come back from war with a purple heart on their back on their badge set and that pun was absolutely intended but anyway back to their point um i do agree that it is pretty chaotic right now well, I would say that our fandom is very slowly healing because we realize that we can actually bully Solos back. Um, I also do think that it's still pretty chaotic and it would be nice to have bigger accounts that um, are really more about like fandom etiquette and like who to follow, who not to follow, or maybe not really that, but like, I guess, criteria of what makes a good account to follow. Um, because I think that it's just really like, as our fandom gets bigger, it's just getting really hard to sort of find newer armies and direct them to the right places because, like, my side of the fandom, like, I don't even know what's going on on the other sides of fandoms. Like, there's just so many different parts of ARMY. Like, ARMY Twitter, first of all. Like, this isn't even to talk about, like, ARMY Instagram, ARMY YouTube, ARMY Weverse, ARMY Amino. Like, there's so many parts that I'm not engaged in that I don't even know what is going on. So... I can only imagine how difficult it must be to be looking for fans on every single social media platform to say, hey, you should go follow these accounts and whatever. Like, we need we need to find some type of solution. There definitely needs to be an overhaul. But also, I think, you know, people that run big accounts also need to be, I don't know, like, yeah, big accounts are just fan accounts, but I do think they have to be careful with what they expose their followers to. I mean, we had the whole cryptocurrency, you know, scammers that are kind of, like, still there. Uh, yeah, don't think we forgot about you. Um, we'll come back to you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it's... You don't have to be perfect, but if you have, like, 50k followers, come on. Yeah. I also need big accounts to stop apologizing to solos. I love it when they don't apologize. Um, because when you apologize, you give them fuel. Apolog- apologizing is basically saying, you were right um, about uh, me victimizing so-and-so. And I'm sorry. And you don't want to give them that power. Um, just because they took your tweets out of context. So do not apologize. I think that's a very big step of dismantling solo behavior. Right. Um, and honestly, I think that definitely, um, honestly, I'm working on a bigger project in terms of like, um, you know, stuff about solos and the whole discourse behind that. But more details will come about that later. For now, it's kind of in the works. But we definitely need more people to speak up about solos and stuff and try and guide newer armies away from all that drama because if you just kind of go as is, I mean, like we were talking about this in previous Army Anonymous episodes where like, yeah, sure, like ignore solos, but like at the same time, you don't want to like fully ignore them to the point where like even newer armies don't see like how you're supposed to engage with solos or not engage with them to the point where if they see a solo, they don't even know that it's a sale that it's a solo or they don't know what to do. Because, like, for example, like, if I just, like, block and report solos all the time, but I don't notify my followers about my methods of dealing with solos, then, like, they're just going to be wandering around Twitter basically blind. Like, they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. So it can be pretty dangerous. Yeah, um, they're kind of, I like to think of the metaphor as, like, a rash. So if you notice the rash, it's kind of, like, annoying at first, um... But if you ignore it because it's not that bad and it'll start to spread. 
you know you didn't put Mm. cream on it you didn't actually alleviate the problem you just ignored it and allowed it to grow bigger and bigger and now it's like oh crap now this is really bad um so i mean yes we want to you know block report mute and all that stuff but i think we also need to you know like daisy said notify people who they're engaging with because even though uh we only had we had that episode it was like our second episode of uh talk with army where we said this is how you engage with these types of people but even though that was just at the end of last year i feel like it's slightly outdated um there can be more added to that because you know blocking muting reporting isn't enough you need to be diligent you need to fight back um so then that way you can expose your followers to the inconsistencies of rhetoric spread by solos agreed if you if you if you want to follow um an account that is doing their best uh try at studio underscore zero nine zero seven one three that was the most shameless self-promo i've ever it heard. was the most shameless self-promo wasn't it <laughs> Follow us, besties. Mm. Follow us on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> sums up that ask. <laughs> All right. So the next submission, they say, I can't believe mo- people, mostly solo stands, unironically care about boosting Naver articles in the year of 2021. Aren't BTS the biggest group in the world? How are random Naver articles relevant to their career? And this is from the USA. Thank you. Because, oh my gosh, I've been saying this oh for time. Oh my God. Heck, those stupid neighbor articles, like, they're they're really not as big as you think they are. If I, I do not want to see any more posts talking about individual brand member reputation. Like, stop it. We have grown. It's like, shut up about that. Like, you would literally see solos and they're fighting for their lives over a poll that is like, who's the best boyfriend? And it's like, guys, vote for Jimmy, we're gonna lose. And it's like, is this what you're doing in your free time? Who cares? Oh my gosh, every time I see someone on Twitter that's like, hey, there's this Instagram poll um and it's like which band is better bts versus five sauce and bts is losing go vote i ain't voting for some random instagram poll um no (laughs) it's like i do not care about those polls like obviously i do not care like back in the day you know when it would give us exposure obviously like we used to care more but like now these days if you are telling me to vote for a poll in 2021 you are either getting muted or blocked i'm sorry i don't need that type of uselessness on my time (laughs) like you are out of your mind if you really think some useless instagram twitter poll is actually relevant (laughs) honestly like people really need to realize how big bts is they're above whatever clout a neighbor article or an instagram poll is gonna get them so if you're still fighting over those you need to let it go honestly they're not important and no matter how much you think it is it's not gonna matter the amount of impact it had on bts's career zero percent literally so y'all need to get rid of that mentality no one moved no one nobody (laughs) all right all right so next one 
This ask says, solo stands and mantis who get mad about the members not doing solo sponsorships or activities are whack. So many solo slash mantis were mad about Yanjun getting a K-drama cameo and modeling gig and calling BTS jobless, as if they're not the biggest group in the world. Big Hit is not holding them hostage. I'm pretty sure BTS prefer to be 7 or nothing by choice. From USA. Yes, I will throw hands at anyone that comes for my Tomorrow by Together children. I am so sick of seeing that small faction of armies that hates on them for breathing since their debut and say that they are leeching off BTS or that they're getting the opportunities BTS never had and I'm like, just shut up already. Period. It's just so dumb to think about. And honestly, even if they're doing stuff that BTS hasn't done yet, if like I was to put this in the context of like parent and child. Um, one of my uncles has said, I think I mentioned this before in a podcast that like parents are some of the only people in this world who want you to do better than them. So it's like naturally, if you work hard to get to a privileged position, you are supposed to give that privilege to people who come after you. That's kind of the point of getting to that privileged position in the first place. So like if I like for example, BTS, like as a group, naturally they started from pretty much nothing and, you know, had this entire seven, eight years and they've worked to get to this huge level of fame naturally because they've built up themselves and they've built up their company. That privilege is obviously going to reflect in whatever group comes after them. So I don't know why people are surprised and I don't know why people hate TXT because of it. Because it's like, I thought it was obvious that they were going to be privileged. Like, why are people surprised? That was Mm -hmm. the point. Also, like, the logic doesn't follow for me that, like, oh, BTS aren't getting solo opportunities that they want because... So, Yanjun's cameo in that drama, it was a cameo because Tomorrow by Together were doing the OST for that drama. Right. So it was supposed to be like a little nod. Um, and Tay has done, uh, he's had a solo uh, drama appearance when he did Huarang. So he was in that. And him and Jin did the OST for that drama. And then V also did an OST for um Itaewon class Itaewon class with Sweet Night which I still listen to all the time and he almost made a cameo for that but his friend said no <laughs> he was like Park So Jun looking at you <laughs> he was like no sorry bud um but yeah so you know BTS do get solo activities and we've talked about this in a previous episode yeah. But there was that time when BTS experimented with solo promotions and activities back in like 2016 and 2017. Mm. Um and like I think you can just tell that they didn't like didn't like it. Yeah. Which is why, you know, we're only just now seeing a resurgence of them appearing on variety shows um this year. So, I think um, you know, let BTS do their thing, let Tomorrow Ride Together do their thing, which is, like, really weird, because people complain that Tomorrow Ride Together is marketed too much as BTS's little brother group, which I personally don't agree with, but anyway. I disagree with that as well. But, yeah, and yet, 
they're doing like so many things differently from BTS that like I just it's kind of hard if you if, like I if you didn't know already you wouldn't think they would be like brother groups because they're marketed so differently um musically they're very different mm. um you know they both have very unique storylines uh that follow like their own universe so i don't know they're just so conceptually and sonically different that like i'm i'm getting sick of the you know txt are getting all the things bts never got like bts could have anything they want they just don't want it right because even max um uh if you don't know who that is any new armies he's somebody who he's a singer who collabed with uh yungi on a couple of songs um burn it on yungi's mixtape d2 and then blueberry eyes on max's album color vision and so max was talking about in this one interview how bts don't do individual promotions they only choose to do the ones as a group so it's like clearly it is their decision if they don't want to do something individually because obviously they have the opportunity to do so they have the resources and if they wanted to they could easily make out the time if they weren't busy like obviously if it's not like comeback season or anything they're not like super like their schedule is not super packed but like they clearly don't and there's a reason why they don't and i feel like people saying that they're being mistreated or they're being held back because they're not getting those opportunities i feel are just really ignoring what bts wants for themselves at the moment because i've like like this is not me saying i don't want them to have like any type of solo activities if they ever want to do that that's totally fine and i'll support that but if they're not doing it, I'm not going to be sending complaints to Big Hit as to why they're not doing it. People need to stop doing I also, that. I also feel like BTS can do a good job of integrating their personal hobbies that they enjoy with BTS. Like, I feel like, um, you know, we talked about it a lot when it first came out. But as a reminder... BTS directed the Life Goes On music video. Right. Jungkook was a director for that. And that was one of his interests to be a director, to work with cinematography. Yeah, like Jungkook has a passion for, you know, video and filmmaking. And he got to explore that uh, with BTS's B title track, which is amazing that he got the opportunity. They could have easily just had it been um you know any video that was just directed by lupins but no bts said this is how the b album is gonna be this is how the concept photos we want it to be this is how the packaging we want it to be this is the music video and how it's gonna be so bts have control like don't worry don't if if don't compare them to like what's happening with txt because they're their own thing right Honestly, like, I just really enjoy how Big Hit allows their artists to do to do so many of their interests and have them, like, apply it to what they're doing as a group. Because like you said with B, you know, it wasn't just Jungkook directing the music video, but it was also um, Taehyung doing the coordination for their concept photos. It was Jimin being the project manager and passing, being the bridge between the members and the company in terms of, like, passing on music, et cetera, et cetera. Like, they all had different roles and they were able to explore that. So I think that's great. And a lot of people feel like it doesn't count because it's not like independently like it's not independent of the group and i think that's a weird mindset to have like just because jungkook 
like was directing a BTS music video does not mean that it doesn't count as having experience as a director, you know? I feel like it's really weird that mindset that people have that if it's done within the group that it doesn't count. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we've summed up that. So the next ask says, Solo stands will say if you want OT7 and ask an OT7 fan base and miss the point that these solo fan bases and solo ads to group achievements shouldn't exist in the first place. Um, yeah, like, I see this a lot where, like, a solo fan base will be called out for being an Ake or a solo stan and people will be like well what did you expect and I don't agree with that like I don't agree that if you run an account just for one member that that means you have to inherently not care about the other ones yeah on top of that like just because you have an account dedicated to one member that doesn't give you right to very like purposefully exclude the others from things that are clearly group achievements it's one thing if you were like for example like uh i don't know like you know those random big accounts that just post pictures of specific members okay that's fine but then you will also see you know a lot of them retweeting stuff regarding the group and what the group is doing um you know they don't just tweet something that the group has achieved specifically as something that that member has achieved but then i'll see people who are clearly in solo stands slash ake's running their big accounts and they're talking about how oh taehyung is performing at the grammys but it's like but bts is also going to be there why are you excluding the other members for something that he's it's, doing it's it's it is really weird. Like, it's weird how they get up here and they'll crop a picture of BTS at the Grammys and just have it be, like, one member and be like, so-and-so at the Grammys. And I'm like, I mean, there... You can say that Jimin... You don't have to say Jimin at the Grammys. You can say BTS at the Grammys and then just, like, post an OT7 pic because Jimin is in BTS. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's getting weird. They operate so weirdly. Right, and it's because of that culture that people go out of their way to attack um, solo member account. Not like, when I say solo member accounts, I don't mean solo stand member accounts, but like members that just talk about one member or like post stuff about one member. Like when you see, for example, I don't know, like a Jungkook picture account, and like they post an OT7 picture, like that account will get attacked because they're posting OT7 pictures. And it's because of that culture where people expect you to exclude or at least separate a member from the group activities and achievements, regardless of whether they achieve those things as seven members or not. So it's because of that culture that people just get attacked all the time. And I'm glad that those types of accounts are now standing up for themselves because like if their account, they can run it however they want. And it's like, if you have a problem with seeing a picture of BTS on your timeline, that that sounds like a you problem. Right. <sighs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like there are some, like there are some benefits, I think to like the solo fan base accounts. Like sometimes it'll be like so-and-so solo song has reached this achievement and i'm like wow i didn't even know that um but then also they'll focus on really arbitrary achievements that are really not worth making a whole hashtag for it'll be like filter reached 327 
1.5 million likes. I don't know, whatever the heck. But you know what I mean? Like, these numbers that are just, like, very random. And just, and, like, it's, like, why are we doing, like, a whole celebration for this kind of thing? Uh, or it'll be, like, uh, there was that one going around. It was, like, Abyss third win. And I'm, like, Abyss is a free song on SoundCloud. Like, what polls was it? Yeah, where's it winning? In. Like, what? Where? Where is it winning? I have no clue what these fan bases are even talking about. So, like, part of me is like, you know, solo fan bases. You know, it's cool to have individual updates on the member, but also I only feel comfortable following them if I know they're an OT seven behind the account. Right. I usually like scroll for a bit to see like what type of stuff they're retweeting. And if I see them retweeting stuff about the group, then that usually means that they're safe to follow. But like if I don't see anything and obviously like like we're talking about, if I see them purposefully separating a member just to talk about that person's achievements, even though like it was an achievement by the group, then that's usually a red flag to me and I don't follow. So um, yeah, I would just say like do be wary of that. Obviously be on the lookout for those accounts. Um, because you don't want to be following the wrong people. But yeah, that was that submission. So the next one, they say, we need the big army accounts with more followers to start acting and calling out Mancy slash solo stands slash victimizers and toxic shippers. Because this place is getting toxic and divided every day. We should normalize that even if you have a bias, army should always be OT7. And that's from Costa Rica. And I agree. Obviously, on my side, I do see a lot of big accounts doing this more often, but I don't know what side of Twitter this person is on, so maybe they don't see it that often. But I will always say that big accounts need to use their platform and call out this type of behavior because obviously they have the most influence and being able to talk to that many people at the same time, I think is great. And it's really going to help us uh, curb this problem a bit more. Yeah, I feel like we kind of, like, discussed this when answering one of the previous asks, and it's just, you know, big army accounts. My biggest thing is if they see, um, you know, solos acting stupid, call them stupid. <laughs> right. You know, um, just don't don't let the behavior, uh, you know, keep manifesting. Exactly. And the next one, they say... What makes some change from biasing a member to becoming a hardcore solo? And do you think it's something that can be avoided? And this is from the USA. In my... I think... Oh, wait, you go first. No, 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 you go first. (laughs) Okay. In my opinion, the way that this happens in my head is that obviously when they start biasing a member really hard, naturally they're going to follow a lot of accounts dedicated to those members. And maybe without knowing some of those accounts are members are like accounts run by solo stands and they'll start getting fed into those narratives very early on because naturally those solo stands are going to be talking about oh so-and-so is being mistreated because of that oh we're going to go and send a charge to the company because of this reason or oh email this template to the company because we have a problem with this this and that and you're going to start really seeing that a lot on your timeline and you know especially those people who are going to misconstrue what regular armies say and um they're going to be I guess, making those people out to be aunties of a certain member. So because of that, I feel like that's really what ends up sealing the deal for a lot of new people because they could go from, you know, just innocently following, you know, maybe it could be like, I don't know, a Namjoon Picks account. And unfortunately, that Namjoon Picks account is run by a solo and then they're going to get exposed to that narrative very early on. So that's how I see it. Yeah, I definitely 
agree like it's something that happens early on like you're not going to be a fan of bts for like three years and then all of a sudden start to you know turn into a solo because you you know uh, you should know enough by now to debunk uh false narratives that you see right so it's definitely more like you get into the fandom and you're like, oh, I kind of leaning a lot towards liking this member's performances. Like, I think, first of all, I think it's fine if you like a member, if you have a preference for a member's voice or a member's dancing style or rapping style. Like, it's fine. Um, just want to put that out there. So, like, it's okay to, you know, have a member you closely connect to. And so as you connect with that, person though then that other people who see you're new to the fandom are gonna try and like feed you information and kind of twist your perspective on their relationship with the other boys so definitely we have the basically same opinion on like how that happens right so next submission is oh wait do we even answer the question hold on um do you think it's something that can be avoided um i don't Oh, do you think it's something that can be avoided? I mean, I think... I mean, I think so, but the thing is, it's just like, how do you know to look out for it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's just really up to older armies to catch baby armies and kind of like keep them in their little... I don't know... I don't know. Uh, you know how, like, parents, when they go to the amusement parks and they have, like, their kids on, like, those backpack leashes? That's how, like, <laughs> what older armies should do with baby armies. Like, keep them close by at all times so then that way they are not going to be swayed and swept in by solo narratives. Yeah, basically my thoughts. So the next submission, they say, is it bad that whenever I see someone say proud of composer JK and make no mention of BTS as a group in regards to Philmouth's achievements, I automatically assume they're a solo stand. I'm usually right too, because when I check their account, they'll only tweet slash retweet about JK and nothing about the other members. And that's from the USA. I think that's definitely fair because obviously like when it comes to group songs, um, I do like to give credit where it's due. Um, and obviously there's nothing wrong with being proud of composer JK, but at the same time, like there's also other members of the song on there. So it's like, for example, if there was like, I don't know, somebody said, um, oh, Film Out just debuted on the Hot 100 list and like somebody quotes you and it's like proud of composer JK. It's like, okay, but what about everyone else, you know? It feels, like, backhanded when people do that. Um, Like, if you're just making your own tweet that's, like, oh, my gosh, I love composer JK. Like, me too. (laughs) Um, But it's just, there's just, like, this weird backhandedness that comes with when you have a BTS accomplishment and then you like to throw out one member's name. It's very odd. Like, you can talk about film out and how you're proud of Jungkook composing it, but to, you know, go around and be like, Jungkook's song 
debuted so and so and so it's like uh like uh it's understandable why people are gonna feel uncomfortable with that because it's the same thing that happened with blue and gray because people treated it as like solely Taehyung's song even though the other members are on it and do have writing credits on it and the same thing with disease as well where people treated it as um these solos treated it as j-hope's song only even though other members had songwriting and composing credits on disease. So it's like, we need to get out of this mindset of treating um, songs like group songs as solely one member song, depending on like what they contributed to the song. So it's like, because if that was the case, then like suddenly like majority of BTS's music would be Namjoon songs when that's not correct because he has the most production credits. I've never once seen anyone call Spring Day Namjoon's song. Right. Um, even though you know he is the genius behind that song that it is. It's his lyrics. It's his melody. Um, you know, people don't call Run Jimin's song. I bet, do you guys even know that Jimin is the one that composed the melody for Run? I bet you don't. <laughs> uh, because... Didn't he also do it for Blood, Sweat, and Tears? I think, I think part of it. I, I can't remember which part. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Maknae line actually have way more credits than people think. Like, for example, when people talk about Jungkook's compositions, I don't know how I see Love Is Not Over be left out all the time, even though that right. was like actually like his first big song credit, Um, him producing Love right. Is Not Over. And if you have not heard outro love is not over from the most beautiful moment in life part one go listen to it it's so good there's also the full version of it on young forever album see how i'm so good at plugging (laughs) but yeah uh there's there was also this another thing um you mentioned blue and gray right um yeah and i saw a lot of tay solo stands were mad that fan bases weren't like funding it um as opposed to other songs but the thing is blue and gray we saw charted and did so good and that is because solo stands were already funding it on their own so fan bases then had to make take their funds and put it toward other songs that didn't have solo fan base support and then solo stands twisted that to be like oh, you guys don't want Tay to succeed. That's why you're not funding Blue and Gray. And it's like, Blue and Gray is doing just fine because of y'all already. (laughs) On top of that, people have to reroute the funds because it's like, we can't have a B-side chart over the freaking title track, bro. Like, most of the priority should be towards Life Goes On. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Whenever a BTS comeback is upon us, then naturally majority of people's priority should always be on the title track and obviously like funds can be distributed to wherever like else necessary you know once the tracks come out and are released but like when they were acting as if like suddenly like we did not care about Taeyang because we weren't funding Bloom Great it's like y'all put that on like number three on iTunes and (laughs) it's like obviously we're not going to be funding it because like if you guys are already doing this much on your own like why do we need to fund it even more when there are songs that we don't even know if they're gonna debut on the Hot 100 that we have to go and push now because you guys are already pushing a b-side up to the top. I know it's so it's so weird how people assume that because you 
don't want to do like a funding for a certain song like let's say um okay let's use film out as an example like let's say a fan base didn't want to do any funding for film out um like that would be kind of like weird and you could definitely side eye that and be like hey um what's up with that but if there's a whole album that's out and you have to prioritize which songs get the most because you can't evenly it's gonna be impossible to evenly divide divide funds and of course you're gonna want to focus on the title track so if one v-side is already doing pretty good then obviously they're gonna get less funds like that's it's that's just it's very simple but solos very basic finance love to just add their own narratives to everything of course. So that's why I don't even know how we got on this tangent, but like, anyway, if you see a group song doing well and like your first instinct is to only congratulate one member, I am side eyeing you. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to be, in fact, no, I'm not even sorry. I'm not even going to be sorry about it. Um, I will be side eyeing you. So I kind of agree with this person who submitted this because it's like, it's just very weird. All right. Next submission, they say, I'm concerned about the loudness of solo antis after Dynamite, um, e.g. sending trucks in front of Bigot to embarrass the members, etc. And I'm worried about solos getting more supporters strong enough to sabotage the next comeback. It already happened in the UK, uh, in the UK charts with Life Goes On, so I'm really worried. And that's from the Philippines. Yeah, see, this is literally what we were talking about with the whole blue and gray Life Goes On issue. How like solo fan bases are getting powerful enough to visibly... Um, sabotage certain comebacks or just really mess things up so i really don't like how much power they have especially when it comes to what they can do with money you even see it with stuff like the amount of ads they can purchase for a particular member so i don't know it's just very weird to me how so many people are pouring funds into that and not seeing the problem yeah it's um i'm trying to think there's also not just with like ads and stuff, but have you noticed like how strong Chinese fan bases are mm-hmm. um, when it comes to like funding ads and like bulk buying albums? Like for example, um, you know, not everyone here follows you know Mama Moo, but because of like a controversy which that happened with RBW and um, their their account on Weibo or whatever basically a lot of Chinese um, Mamamoo fans pulled out of supporting Wien's uh comeback so she ended up selling less albums than like predicted because at the last minute a bunch of Moomoo's pulled out like she's still selling well but it could have been way more um all because Solo fan bases just pulled out so like that kind of like just shows like how powerful um you know solo fan bases are i just think i don't know i think it's really crazy that they have this amount of power over an entire comeback right and don't even get me don't even get me started on why we're funding for non-existent mixtapes like don't get me started like i yes they're coming they didn't give us a date though like there's no pre-order link there's no 
it's coming, this, this, and this. You're giving solo fan bases, like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and it's just sitting there, or being used for who knows what. Because when that mixtape doesn't come out, according to plan, they're going to use that money to fund some trucks. So that's on you guys. Yeah, you guys are totally getting played. Like, you guys are getting played like a guitar, man. I honestly was never for the idea of funding mixtapes because mixtapes are usually not meant to be officially promoted or they're not meant to be purchased as you've seen with all the bts members mixtapes they have all been on free uh they've all been released on like free streaming platforms they've been released for free yes you can buy them in some instances for example on itunes you can buy mono or something but like for the most part, you can access them totally free of charge on SoundCloud. So it's like, when I see people funding for that, it's like, what on earth are you guys thinking? Because it's like, you're funding for a mixtape, you don't know how many songs it has, you don't even know when it's coming out, you don't know how much it's going to be. And, uh, you know, they say they're doing it so they can chart it. But at the same time, like, I don't feel like we should even be treating mixtape releases like comebacks like that because when you try and go out of your way to strive to chart for a mixtape, mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of misses the purpose of why that mixtape was released. Yeah, usually we don't. I don't know if, if we had goals for D2. Like, I'm trying to think about it. No. It kind of came out unexpectedly as well. We kind of only caught on to like the whole teasers like maybe a couple days before. So it's not like we really prepared for that. We didn't fund for that either. Mm -hmm. And then like Mono was literally announced the day before it dropped and it broke a iTunes record on its own. And there was no funding bases, no, um, you know, announcement of its release. So... You know, just relax. When Taehyung drops his mixtape at um, 4 a.m. Korean Standard Time uh, tomorrow, uh, I will just be like, yep, okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> now, see see, <laughs> see the way he posted sleep and then just dipped. No. He dipped. I was like, it is 4.30. What are you doing? Like, I know he posted that and then went to bed. So while we're all screaming on the timeline, he is just sleeping away. If he does that with his full mixtape, I might just have to pass away. I may find the next flight to Seoul and have to, like, just get on that train. Not train. Sorry. Get on that plane. I wish I could take a train there. Get on that plane and then I will sit in quarantine for two weeks like they make you do when you enter the country, and then I will find um, the new Hybe building, and then I will ask them to deliver a handwritten message that just says why. (laughs) And I will ask them to please um, post it in the practice room just like on the you know the dance mirror so then that way when bts walk in to rehearse it just says why in all caps not the dance mirror (laughs) (laughs) honestly like so 
moral of the story stop funding for mixtapes it's very weird um (laughs) you people give these solo fan fan bases way too much power and i don't think how many of you realize that like you are being used so um the more the less power you give these people then the less they can actually like meddle with comebacks and stuff so stop sending them your money please just stop there's plenty of other things you can spend money on, like, I don't know, BTS's actual music that exists or BTS's official merch. I don't know where you're wasting it on solos who are incredibly volatile and just unpredictable in general. I don't know why you would waste your money on that. Um, you know what? This one, I'm have to blame the people at Weaver. Stop making ugly merchandise for BTS, okay? <laughs> you are you are encouraging solo behavior because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but go just go look on the Weaver shop. Look at uh, TXT's merch and look at on oh, Hypen's merch and then look at BTS's concert merch and it's like, what what did BTS do? <laughs> like, their designer needs to be fired and that is my manti rant for the day i will still stand by the fact that some of their speaker self merch looks like it was designed on microsoft paint like you can't just take a picture of bts and then just put it on a white t-shirt and call it a day you can't do that no you cannot you cannot pull the super m white (laughs) t-shirt merch (laughs) i don't know if you guys have seen that (laughs) t-shirt It is awful. Oh my is god, so that is awful. the worst. It's so there's like this lyric in like their song where it's like we go 100 and it just says we go 100 in black text with a red car and then that's put on a white t-shirt and that's literally all it is. Like it is No, wait, let me look for it. Let me let's look, look for, for it. it. <laughs> when I need to. when this episode uh comes out this Friday, um tag us, remind us that we need to post this picture because it truly cracks us up that this is official merchandise released and licensed by SM Entertainment. I found it. It's just a picture of a red card and it says, never fall, never quit, never stop, go on country. And it's so ugly. Like, the font is ugly. The car is ugly. The placement is ugly. Like, the font is, like, it's not even, like, it's, like, all caps. It's just, like, basic Microsoft text. Right? Like, they just put Times New Roman or something on it. And it's like, what are you doing? On top of that, it was $25. You want people to pay $25 for that? $25? Was it, like, a bundle? Did it come with, like, a CD at least? I'm telling you, if it's not bundled, I don't know why you would waste your time on that. If if, if that if it's not bundled $25, oof, you guys got scammed. I, I could definitely, though, see, like, Super M stands, like, getting it as a joke <laughs> for, like, their other, for, like, your friends or something. Like, I feel like it'd be a great gag gift. <laughs> yeah, it would honestly, like, be one of those gifts you would laugh at. I don't think anyone would actually unironically buy that t-shirt for style. No, like honestly, if someone got that for me as a gift, I would probably laugh. I'd probably use it as a pajama shirt or a hair dye shirt. One of those. <laughs> right. It just reminds, like, you know how I'd react? You know that video where it's like that kid who gets an avocado for Christmas? He's like, oh, it's an avocado. Thanks. <laughs> and he just puts it <laughs> down. That's what I would do if I got gifted that shirt. But anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, this one says. 
So my concern is that a lot of people here let themselves get caught up in nonsense too easily, whether it's from solo stands, manager, aunties, or any other group. How do we help armies learn to be better at backchecking and putting things into context so they don't feel the need to speak over grown men regarding how they're treated? Um, honestly, I think it's just, like, up to us. Like, if you see something and you know the context is wrong, and you haven't seen anyone else, you know, speak up about it, take the first step. Uh, put it back into context. Find the original source and plug it and be like, here, other people will see that you took that first step and back you up, even if, you know, solos come after you. So I think it's just like people, because people see these things, and then they just ignore them. Um, like, we gotta, we gotta stop ignoring and start bullying um that sounds bad out of context <laughs> but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean bts do say speak yourself so we will be taking this into account when we speak with solo stands because honestly when when i see the way that solo stands talk online it's like it's that type of stuff where it's like you know what's wrong but at this point you can't ignore it because then Unfortunately, there are people who do believe those narratives and there's no other way to dispel it other than just correcting the misinfo you see on your timeline. Um, a great way to do that is to directly quote that solo stand because then like people see the way you're interacting with solo stands and think, oh, this person is clearly wrong in their thinking. This person is clearly a problematic account. Let me block them. And I think that People have been starting to do that a lot more these days, and I think that's great. So I feel like we should just continue doing that um, so we can end up showing newer armies how we deal with solo stands while at the same time they're learning um, to go and look for their own information. But yeah, I think that's all for that submission. So the next one says, I think there are a lot of solo stands who try to sabotage great OT7 accounts, and that brings negativity on my timeline. I would like to ask how I can join a group chat and communicate with other armies that way. And this is from Serbia. I think what they mean is like how they can join a group chat and let other armies know about these types of issues. So if I got that wrong, I'm so sorry, but um, I think that's what you're trying to say. But um, I think that in terms of like letting other people know about like the sabotage that goes around when it comes to solo stands, best way to usually do this is making threads um because obviously that's the most efficient way to get information out on twitter and you can let a lot of people know at a time because group chats group chats while they do have you know you can tell a lot of people it's not as many people you would reach if you were to if you were to just like publicly post a thread so i would recommend that if you're trying to educate people and inform people about what goes on with solo stands and how they try and sabotage ot7 accounts so yeah definitely take that route yeah, and also, if you, you know, just want to find a group chat with just, like, OT7 armies in general, um, you could maybe make your own tweet saying that you're looking to make a group chat, um, and have it be, like, OT7 armies only, or, like, have it be, like, the topic of the group chat is something that, you know, OT7 armies would want to engage with. Um, I know that's, like, easier said than done because a lot of people make group chats and then they last for a week and then it's inactive. Like, honestly, the fact that Daisy and I's group chat is this strong, um, right. is it what, is, is it, 
one year? No, it's or over two, two year years anniversary? in. Over two years. It's over two years. No, yeah, I remember because we were we were screaming about tear together. Right. So yeah, it's we've been over over two years. We've been friends. So yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Crazy stuff. So I would definitely recommend, like, if you want to, you know, find some OT7 armies, then just go for it, honestly. Um, I feel like a lot of people think that there's just so much work that has to go into making a group chat. All it takes is just, like, one tweet, and you will find people. I guarantee it. So, um, you know, for whichever option you're trying to go for, I would say just go for it. Um, but, Yeah. And our last submission of this part of Army Anonymous is I became inactive in the fandom early 2018 and came back again around mid 2020. And I personally feel like the current fandom climate has changed a lot in some ways. I don't think solos were really a thing back then. Even if it was, they were just a minority you'd stumble upon on a rare day. The worst thing about solo behavior now is how organized they've become to the point that they send trucks to Big Hit, organize streaming slash buying parties only for certain songs. For example, during the first few weeks of V's release, people were getting number ones for Blue and Gray or Stay, Over Life Goes On, and birthday slash support ads that have become some sort of measuring contest with the fandom and other fandoms when they could pour that energy into helping good causes in the boy's name. Personally, I think birthday ads are wholly unnecessary. They don't serve any purpose other than some sort of self-gratification for these solos. I know that there are donation efforts done on the members' birthdays, but I'm talking about extravagant things like buying ads on the Burj Khalifa. I feel like we've let solo behavior thrive to the point where they're getting too big to control. I wasn't around in the fandom for quite some time, so I don't know how it got to this point, and it's frustrating to see. And this is from the Philippines. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. Oh my gosh, bless, yeah, bless your heart, because if you became inactive early 2018 and came back mid-2020, mid-corona pandemic, then you bet for sure the fandom climate has shifted. And while we, because we've kind of always been on Twitter during that entire time frame so like we have kind of seen the shift but it was kind of like um you know seeing a car crash happen in real time it's like you see it coming and then like it happens there you know you weren't able to do anything about it um and in retrospect maybe we could have been able to do something about it but we just did not foresee it becoming the problem it was and so now it's just an ugly mess right and honestly like man early 2018 that means they missed november 2018 as well they missed new but that's exactly what i thought they missed november 2018 and that created a lot of um division in the fandom also if you weren't here for 2019 you missed all the incidents um the hellish year that 2019 was for jungkook like i don't know like it's a mess god man Mm -hmm. r.i.p i'm surprised you even managed to stay still like if i came back and saw what a mess (laughs) the fandom was i would have just backed out yeah i you, you know that simpson gif where like he walks in takes the hat puts it on the, you know, hat rack, picks it up, puts it back on, walks walk, walks back out. That's exactly probably what I would do if I left early 2018 and came back. Because um, early 2018, that's pre-fake love, right? Because right? fake love came out during the summer. So like, oh my gosh, I know we're getting off topic. Um, 
but really we're just trying to say that don't worry like don't like it's not just you like we know the fan climate has definitely changed mm. and we definitely think it's a problem as well and clearly lots of people do because we get so many submissions about it <laughs> Right. And exactly like you were saying, um, how like these birthday ads and stuff have just become a competition between, you know, um, other solos or other fandoms and it's just becoming too much. Like it's totally fine if it's like doing charity projects, for example, like on Jungkook's birthday, like I would see stuff like people were doing like beach cleanups and I thought that was really cute. Um, or like, for example, like there's this one in an army, uh, campaign going on right now where they're working with, um, I think this orphanage in, I don't remember where it was. It might've been a country in Africa. Um, and like they had basically been, I think giving supplies to that place. I don't know, something like that, but it was really cute. It was something, um, done in the name of Jin, And I absolutely love that. But um, when it comes to stuff like birthday ads, honestly, they're just totally useless at this point. I was talking about this in previous Army Anonymous episodes, but I got jumped for saying that I don't think we need the birthday ads because they're not really that necessary. And I don't know how Solo's men should twist that into thinking that I don't care about Tay or that, oh my gosh, it's only Tay you have a problem with this. Oh my gosh, you're trying to ruin his birthday. Bro, no. I just said, I don't feel like we need to spend almost a million US dollars on a three minute birthday ad on the side of a building that majority of people who even reside in that building are not going to look at. Like I said the last time, I used to live in Dubai for two straight years for school. And I know the exact type of demographic that comes in and out of the Burj Khalifa. I promise you a bunch of middle-aged Arabic people are not going to be standing Tay because they saw him at the side of a building because it was his birthday. So when people say it's for exposure, it's not. It's for a competition. Mm-hmm. I, d- I, I think that um, birthday ads are fine when it's locally in Seoul. Like, when it's, like, bus ads mm. or, or um, like, billboard, because I know for a fact idols do see those. Like, they do see them. Um, I've seen them, you know, take pictures and videos of them. There was that one time back in, like, 2000, I don't know, maybe 17 or something. I can't remember. But there's, like, Jungkook even posted. It was Jungkook or Hobie, but it was for Jungkook's birthday. Yeah. Um, and it was him getting excited because he saw a birthday ad for him on, like, the side of a bus or something. Like, Seoul, birthday ads make sense because they're there. Uh, Seoul is, you know, a place where public transportation is very common. So they are more likely to, you know, see that support on their regular everyday commute. So, like, that makes sense. But, like, a million dollar ad on the side of a building for a demographic that does not care and BTS are not even going to see like come on come on right it just it just doesn't make sense anymore like i just feel like you know if it's going to be super expensive then we shouldn't be putting so much money into it cuz like i said just for that one 3 minute ad it cost almost a million dollars so it's like imagine if people did this for every single member on their birthday that's like almost that's like what five to seven million dollars you're spending for a grand total of 21 minutes ad time like do you like do people not see how Mm -hmm. 
inefficient that is cost-wise. Yeah, people are like, oh, let people do what they want with their money. People can do whatever they want. And I'm like, yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm one of those people that is like, yeah, you know, let people do what they want with their money. But I just don't understand why you would want to do this with your money. Because it doesn't bring you joy. Like, it's not doing anything for you. Like, if you want to spend a thousand dollars and buy like a whole bunch of albums and then like do giveaways like okay whatever you're buying albums for yourself um those album sales are going toward bts you're helping other armies so like if you want to spend all that money whatever do that but like if you're like i'm basically asking why you're taking hundreds and thousands of dollars and just like flushing it down the toilet like yeah you can do that like you could but why (laughs) yeah it's like you could but should you is the question so honestly like when it comes to things like that that's what i really hate like the normalization of doing those things for members birthdays how every year for some reason they make it a contest to see who can have the most extravagant ad who can do the most expensive thing when it's completely losing the plot and really i feel like it would just be better to focus those resources on something that's a lot more meaningful um it doesn't even have to be charity projects but something that comes from the heart something that's not just paying for an ad just so people can see him and like maybe those people might not even care about seeing him I feel like, you know, a lot of people have really lost their priorities when it comes to that sort of thing. And, you know, having to come back to that after going away from like early 2018, I can see why this person can be disoriented. And I feel like solo behavior, while in retrospect, I don't know whether or not we could have prevented it, but I do think that ignoring it was part of the problem because we should have been just bullying these people from the get go. Yeah, like, I, you know, that's one thing that I will definitely say was a mistake on our part. Um, And like I said earlier in this recording, if we were to re-record episode two of this podcast, we would probably add a section on, yeah, you know, mute them, block them because, you know, they create a toxic environment, but also... Don't let them spread false rhetoric. Don't let them feel like they are in control. Um, oh, I just remembered I, it was episode three. It was episode three? Episode two was the one about biases. Oh, sorry, guys. So you know how earlier I was like, so episode two, yeah, episode three. <laughs> Our discography is um, getting so thick. That's <laughs> So thick. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, episode three mute block report that episode um you guys knew what i was talking about numbers were wrong but the spirit (laughs) was there uh we definitely feel that you know maybe we could have expanded a little bit (laughs) yeah army twitter just moves so fast that sometimes things can just become so easily outdated it does like things become so chaotic so fast and these episodes are also recorded like weeks in advance so like sometimes we'll record something and then won't even know if it'll be relevant by the time it comes out uh and surprisingly a lot of the times it actually is still relevant and i'm just like wow we're down bad if this is still relevant all these weeks later (laughs) 
Right. Even with the variety show one that we did, like the broadcasting stations one, like when they suddenly went on you quiz and then um, that other talk show, somehow our episode was still relevant. Crazy how that happens. But yeah, um, to the Filipino army that submitted this, um, shout out to you for, you know, coming back. I, I, I bet it was probably something to do with like covid you're like we're all in lockdown might as well download twitter and like see where my old mutuals are at and then you're the guy walking into the room on fire with the pizza box um i was literally just about to say that (laughs) but yeah it's uh just find like your own little small space Find, like, three or four mutuals that you know are not psychos, and, you know, you can just vibe. Yeah, you can just um, rock back and forth in fetal position together at what our fandom has become. But there's still some good parts of our fandom. For example, we were talking about it earlier, how, like, when the McDonald's collab came out yesterday, because um, as of now, it's April 21st. um, The jokes flying around on the timeline were so funny. I loved they it. were so funny. I need to go back and try and find some and save, like, the memes of, like, all the ones that are, like, BTS members edited with, like, the McDonald's uniform. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just so funny. And then we brought back, like, the car meme. Yeah. Um, it's it's great. Yesterday, yeah, there was, like, a few people, like, being kind of psycho about BTS endorsing McDonald's. But we kind of just laughed at them. Um yesterday was a good day in purple history (laughs) yeah yesterday and uh honestly just seeing the jokes it was just it made me feel like all was right again so anyway um yeah that was that submission and that pretty much concludes part one of army anonymous so we will see you guys tomorrow and stay tuned for part two where we will be um, finishing up the solo Manti section and then jumping into this next section, which is music and performance. All right, everyone. See you then. All right. Bye.